I do. And I don't. Well, 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 well. Is it, if it isn't I Do and I Don't podcast show, and I'm here with the incomparable, sometimes incomprehensible, Kat Skinner. And we're here for another fantastic episode of your favorite podcast. Favorite. The podcast that uh, everyone's talking about. I, Raving about. I was out on the street the other day and I'm, and I'm walking down the road and I'm wearing my mask. And everyone's wearing the mask. And I, I don't know if I heard it correctly. It was pretty muffled. But I'm pretty sure someone said like, I love I do and I don't show. It's the best podcast I've ever heard. Those guys are hilarious. And I was like, are you talking about... I turned, I said, are you talking about... They're like, yeah, definitely. And it was just such a spirited conversation that I honestly, I'm not entirely sure if that was actually what was said, but I'm pretty sure people are talking about it. I think that we should all move forward just assuming that we know what people are saying to us these days, now that we can't see anyone's lips moving or properly hear anything that they're saying. You know, it is crazy how much... The lip reading thing is important. And also, I smile at people. And I'm still, I'm such an idiot. I'm still smiling at people. But now I'm like forcing it with my eyes. Like I, I, I'm <laughs> so trying to make my eyes psycho. look like they're smiling more. Like, see, I'm smiling. You see how my, the under lids are up? Like, you know. I had an outrageous moment in a Starbucks the other day. And I felt like a senior citizen. And I know I am a little older than you, Joel. But um, I was trying to order a drink. And the barista had a beautiful accent. And it was so freaking loud in the Starbucks because, like, all the coffee machines were raging in the background. And there was music playing. And, like, I couldn't fucking hear a word this person said. And I think he repeated himself, like, five times asking me what I wanted in my order. What do you want in your coffee? I couldn't. What do you want? He was asking me if I wanted him to warm up the breakfast sandwich that I ordered. warm up a breakfast sandwich? I had no idea what he was saying. Warm up a breakfast sandwich? It was the worst because I was, like... And, you know, I'll admit, maybe I am starting to lose a little bit of my hearing, but it was outrageous. The mask did not help anybody. <laughs> Thank God he thought it was funny because I felt like an idiot. Um, I was at some sort of a restaurant, I think it was, or something, I don't know. And I go in there and, I, and I'm trying to order. And the person that's taking the order is standing like three feet from where they could be standing, where the glass partition is, you know. They're standing back. I'm wearing a mask and I have the glass and then they decide to stand far away and I'm like I would like this and she's like what like giving me attitude like excuse me like what do you want I'm like come closer (laughs) all I'm gonna try to yell but like you know work with me here at that point I probably would have just taken out my phone and called in the order (laughs) so passive aggressive in front of you um but maybe you'll hear me better (laughs) oh my god Yes. Um, so how's your life going right now, Joel? <laughs> well, we just talked about it. I'm having a great time talking through a mask. Oh. But th- th- let's just introduce this show. Oh, yeah, really, we were doing that. I do we? and I don't show. It's a podcast where we just complain. Yeah. We try to think about things that are going on in the world today and complain about them. Like in the smallest, pettiest of ways as yeah. well. Like there's no legitimate things to complain about on this podcast. We just pick the minutia of our day and then just rant. When you're coming up with a podcast, you have to come up with an idea that's kind of like 
specific enough, but yeah. also sort of evergreen. Exactly. You know, so you don't run out of ideas. Well, in this case, we thought, what what could we always talk about? And it's things that you can complain about. Yeah. You're T- never going to lose <laughs> things that are annoying. Yeah. And, you know, if you like this episode, you'll want to check out last week when we talked for 45 minutes about a hangnail that Joel has. Oh, my goodness. That And, and, and then trying to get into the doctor to solve the hangnail problem... You know, because mm-hmm. I was thinking of it as an ingrown, and yeah. you were going, "Well, no, it's just it's a just hangnail." hangnail. There's and like was, these special scissors you can yeah, get. Yeah, and I was like, and "No, just... no, 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 no! I'm going to go see a doctor." But then with the whole COVID thing, uh, lately a lot of it's been just like doubling back to the whole COVID thing. But um, yeah, so this is I do and I don't like I I we were going to call it I can and I can't stand it, <laughs> but we ended up calling it I do and I don't. <laughs> Uh, okay, no, let's let's be honest with these people, Joel. Let's tell them what the show is really about. We answer your intimate car- carriage and marriage and uh, relationship advice podcast show carriage. questions. <laughs> and um, Kat gets the questions uh, at I do and I don't show at gmail.com or Facebook or uh, Instagram at I do and I don't show. People send her those questions and then um, they she reads them, uh, studies them, studies the answers. And then she comes to me and goes, hey, these are the questions. This is what these people want to know. And I go, well, how about this for an answer? And she's like, yeah, that is the best answer, better than I could have ever come up with, even though I spent a month on this. In a million years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it, basically. So that's it. Yeah. And here we are. And this is our 55th episode. We keep on doing them. Keep on keeping on. Um, Do you want to just launch into the question? Yeah, let's launch. You don't want to catch up on life and talk about how dating in the pandemic is going. I really do because I just started dating in the (laughs) pandemic. I feel like you have a story. (laughs) I have a few stories. (laughs) All right. So we're going to take this. We should turn this into a segment, Kat's dating during the pandemic segment. But what's going on? I like this idea. Okay. So I was on Bumble and Match for a total of, I think, about a week. Mm -hmm. And then I had to shut it down. Okay. Let me just say, I, I also want to put out there, Hinge is a good one, but go on. Oh, no, it was Hinge. It wasn't Match. It was Hinge, oh, Hinge and, Bumble. and Bumble. See, like, I care so little that I don't <laughs> even know what apps I'm using. But um, Okay, two solid options, but they weren't working for you. Why not? Well, two things is very obviously an issue for me. So the first was, like, you would start a conversation with someone. Uh, and on Bumble, I have to initiate because I'm the female. Yeah. That's just how that one works. So I would send what I thought was an interesting question. And, you know, like, I can come up with a decent question, I yeah. think. Uh, and they would send back an answer like three words. Oh, man. The end. Mm. And then I'd be <laughs> wondering what So can we next? think of an example? So it's like, um, hey, my ex-boyfriend and I are trying to work through our trauma together. <laughs> this is the type of question you're coming up with. It's an idea that I don't tell question. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> the guy's like, I don't um, want to talk to you. Yeah, that's going to happen, Katie. No, I would send questions like, or someone would make a bold statement like, um, I am an outside of the box thinker. Mm. And I would say something like, Tell me, tell me about what that looks like for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do what, what open ended question. Right? Yes. Yeah. And then I got the response, I prefer to show. Oh, yes. And that yeah. was it. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> well, I don't care to see it until I know if you can string <laughs> a sentence together. So that, you know, a lot of those conversations were dead in the water. And then the other weird thing that kept happening, particularly with hinge, because you can't really set 
the geographical location is that like I am very popular in Buffalo. Mm. I found all these men across the border who really want to engage in conversation, which yeah. makes zero sense. That immediately yeah. tells me they're not emotionally available because they physically cannot even come here to see me right now. So all they want to do is like talk, chat. Oh, I wonder if that's just like high hopes that the, the change might come. You know, I, I can, I can see both sides, but, Go on. Well, I did. I did actually keep in touch with one of these people offline, and I, yeah. I sent them my Instagram contact. We moved it over to the gram <laughs> instead. So they slipped into your DMs. Yeah, and also like I'm self-employed, so I work from home, and my phone would be going off like fucking perpetually all oh, day long, yeah. and I'd be like, oh, and then I, I feel compelled to answer people right away. Yeah. Like I can't just put my phone away, yeah. and I'm like in these conversations that are really not going anywhere. Yeah, for too much time, yeah. and even like. Just to answer emails is tedious to me sometimes. So like going through all of this. And then I found myself like mindlessly shopping and swiping through people. And it just felt really soulless yeah. and weird. So I'm not, I'm not disparaging it. I know it works because I marry so many people who have met this way. Mm-hmm. At least it gets them to the wedding point anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> I just can't handle it right now. It's just too annoying. It, it's, you know, it's, yeah, I wish I had that problem where there were too many people <laughs> too many messages. <laughs> I think it's a different situation but if, when you're a dude, maybe. Yeah, for sure. But when you think about the amount of people that you are communicating with, and then you ask like quite a good open-ended question, that guy's going, well, I've got seven conversations on the go. I don't yeah. have time to be like, well, this is the, you know, and that's stupid. Yeah. Because you know that like half of those conversations are so innocuous. Yeah. Finally, someone asks me a question that I could sink my teeth into. Don't say I'd rather just show you, but I can also see that like it's I'd rather exhausting. show you. It's just me because I, it's you know. Let's get to that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you want to. This is what I would say for um, Bumble because I know they have the voice feature. Do you know about that? Yes, I did discover that. So you know, if you use that voice feature, and if they use the voice feature, su- suddenly you're having like this voice uh, actual conversation? conversation back and forth. Yeah. The other thing that I hate about these online apps is. It's not the app's fault. Is the the time between uh, messages? Yeah, because you can't get a flow going. If it's like, "Hi, how are you doing today?" and then an hour, two hours later, I respond with, "Oh, pretty good. I'm doing this and this." And then like the next day, they go, "Oh, that's great. What are you up to today?" <laughs> and then it's the same three conversation hours later, forever. Yeah, did this yep. and that. What did you do? And then you know that night, they're like, "Oh yeah, just hung out with friends." But it's just like. Okay, so f- over a week we said nothing. Yeah, it's a, I noticed that. So I did have one person that I met through Bumble who we got on the phone and had a phone conversation. And the phone conversation was literally this person talking at me for like 20 minutes and asking me zero questions about right. myself. And just as I was starting to think this, they said, next time you can tell me anything you want. Don't think I'm not interested in you because I'm not asking you questions. I just want things to unfold organically. And I was like, okay. <laughs> And then, you know, we talked about perhaps meeting for coffee and suddenly they had deleted their Bumble profile. So I texted and I said, why why did you go offline? And their response was, it had to be done. And then I never heard another word from this person. That was just like, (laughs) I I am not interested, lady. That sounds like a situation right there. It had to be done. It had to be done. This is the way. Um, He was a Mandalorian. Maybe, maybe. So, and then I met one person for a hike and like, you know, I hike 
all the time. Like mm-hmm. I'll go into the woods by myself, go off trail, get lost in the forest. Where exactly is that happening, Kat? Just so people can come find you. <laughs> I'm never telling you. <laughs> but um, I, I'm i very well versed in hiking through rough terrain. And this guy like would not stop, like putting his hand on my elbow and like, oh, oh careful, oh, oh careful. Tricky. And I had told him already, like I'm a hiker, I know what I'm doing. And it was just that, that was a little bit, a little much. But like, I, how do you say stop? touching me yeah um i at one point he slipped and so i did it to him <laughs> and not Here only are, did baby. he not only did he stop touching me but i haven't heard from him since either but that's fine i think that that just <laughs> needed to happen we also had a moment in the woods where we were talking about covid and how it's affected lots of people and uh he in fact is out of work right now too because his job has been shut down but he was talking about friends of his who are in a financial strained position mm. and he was like you know i don't mean to be insensitive but you know people make their own beds so and i was like wow covid isn't the thing that you've made your bed yeah but they should have had their savings in no like what (laughs) anyway i am that person (laughs) who's made my own bed right now i had to like bump my bed up against one of my best friends so i could still stay in my bed so i was like well we're never hanging out you won't be in my bed that i made because yeah you can't hike and you are very judgmental. So. Mr. Out-of-the-box thinker didn't think far enough out of the box to get into your box, exactly. am I right? Exactly, So there's a lot of, the, well, that's the nice thing about online dating, a lot of nice puns and innuendos. <laughs> so many. <laughs> and we can look forward to more next week. <laughs> every every week, Kat tells her horrible experiences with online dating, probably very relatable. Oh, shall we jump into question, <laughs> question number, number one? one. <laughs> I just got, it in, got into <laughs> online dating. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, no. What? Okay, it says, hey, Kat. I saw your Facebook post and I have a question for you guys. What advice would you give to a man in his 40s with a small child recently separated a few months and recovering from narcissistic abuse? What's the best way to move forward? So uh, a a man... A recently separated man with a young child. Did he say his age? 40s. He's in his 40s. And he's recovering from narcissistic abuse. Tell me about this narcissistic abuse. What would that look like, Kyle? narcissism is one of those terms that's getting thrown around a great deal these Mm. days. And I just, I don't know. I don't, I think if someone hasn't been diagnosed a narcissist, it's a real big risk to put that label on someone. When I was younger, uh, so much younger than today, um, (laughs) I thought it was funny and, and I think like somewhat true-ish because I, I have been very very or somewhat selfish in my life, um, I would put on my social media, narcissist. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because it's all about me. You Just know what put I mean? it right up front. Yeah. But when it started becoming, and I don't know if it always was, but when it started becoming like a term of like mental health, like this is, narcissism is like not uh, just someone who, you know, thinks you should listen to their music, but somebody who like is dangerous. Yeah, it describes self-absorption to the most extreme degree where mm. you actually have no empathy or sympathy for other people. Right, which I I that's why I started to like oh, I better erase this because <laughs> I I don't think I fall into that category as much like I can be somewhat selfish at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like that's me. Yeah. Uh don't give a shit about anyone else and want everyone to just worship me and walk all over people. That's not so much me. But mm-hmm. um, so what would this person's 
was in this relationship. Yeah, so I did follow up with this because I know sometimes you get frustrated with me if I don't get more information. So by the sounds of things, it did sound like it was a narcissistic abusive situation because Mm -hmm. they were perpetually belittled and like um, put down. It sounds like there was definitely emotional abuse, whether or not their partner was an actual narcissist remains to be seen because I can't make diagnoses. Mm -hmm. But um, so yeah, it sounds like they had a really rough go. And now they are not together with this person anymore and they're sharing custody of this child. And they're just wondering, like, what's the best way forward just a few months out of this breakup? Uh, it, now, you, you've you been in a situation where you've left a serious relationship mm-hmm. with a child. Yeah. I guess I said Siri. <laughs> serious. Serious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If only everyone was as attentive as Siri. <laughs> I'm listening. No, I said Sirius. <laughs> um, so you've left a relationship that was uh, very serious and long term yeah. with a child. Yeah. And I like I I was not in an abusive relationship by any stretch of the imagination. But the end of my relationship was so spectacularly bad. It was really difficult to imagine that I would ever be in a place where I could co-parent successfully mm. at that time. Uh, So that was one of the first things I said to this person, just like (laughs) trust that time can do a great deal in healing these kinds of things and making things easier between couples who are not able to communicate with each other well around things like co-parenting. And for me, it was horrible. Like I didn't, I was not in any kind of situation where I could easily just independently take care of myself financially. Mm. Like, as you know, I was in a polyamorous relationship. So I had the means to provide a third of a household, right? right? That's sort of how we'd work things. Um, And I had no expectation that it was all going to come to an end. So I was a bit unprepared for the rest of the world and had to figure out a lot of my own shit. So I think immediately I had to go into survival mode. Like, where am I going to stay? And what am I going to do? Like, I need more work. How am I going to do that? So I had to deal with a lot of the practical matters. And I I went to see a lawyer right away too, because in a polyamorous relationship, I had zero in terms of like legal accommodation. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even have common law status in this scenario, right? right? right. Um, So it was a lot of panic for me, a lot of panic. Um, so once I got through that part, I think the emotional fallout was able to come to the surface to some extent, but not really. Like, I think the panic really overrode a lot of the processing that I should have done at that point. So I went very quickly into a new relationship, mm. thinking it was casual at first and then things escalated and we, we did get serious, but I was not ready at all. So that obviously did not work. And I would say even... Even this last relationship that I am very recently out of, I still hadn't fully processed the breakup. Right. However, in the span of time between like August and now, I think I have been deeply in the feelings around loss and some of the abandonment triggers that were touched and just the pain and sadness of having lost family and just really sitting in it. So my first piece of advice would be like, Take what you need to in terms of like figuring out practical matters, get those sorted so you can at least have comfortable accommodation and a way to pay your bills and then sit deep in the shit. Like really, really focus on that aspect of it. Don't let it, don't ignore it. Don't. Yeah. um, Don't drink it away. 
Don't numb it out with narcotics. Don't try to forget it by letting someone else make you feel beautiful and desired and sweet. Is there a danger of like pouring yourself into the taking care of your child and focusing heavily? Like what's the balance there? Well, I think that that's another necessary part of the survival mode, right? Because not only are you tending to your own survival, but you also have to tend to this child who's transitioning from having a family under one roof to now being pulled in multiple directions. Um, But even that, like if you're not dealing with your shit, your child's going to be very aware of that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's when you start falling into like the horrible terrain of bad mouthing your ex to your Mm. kid or like framing the situation that casts blame on one or the other of the parents. Honestly, like if your ex short of like being dangerous and harmful, if your ex has done anything to disrupt the household, that is none of your child's business, actually. Like those conversations can be had when they're older and they are old enough to ask those kinds of questions. You can decide how much of the truth you want to share. But in that moment, like it doesn't cast, it doesn't do anyone any service to cast blame one way or the other, Right. right? Um, but if we're not processing our shit, that's the kind of territory we fall into real easily. And in processing our shit, I don't mean just like finding a therapist or whatever, just like allowing ourselves to feel it. Yeah. Just be like, oh my goodness, this sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It hurts. You're sad. You've lost so much. You know, you have all these hopes and aspirations, even in relationships that aren't ideal. And then there's the real piece of like, when you have a child, you never imagine that you're not going to see them every day. Okay, take over. I these are these are the because uh, you when you left your relationship there was the the girls right yeah who uh, and then you know because you uh, are you talking about uh, your son as I'm well? talking about my son because too. he has to visit yeah so yeah that's um, true. I share I share him fifty fifty with his yeah. dad and his, like his dad's a great dad mm-hmm. um, and I would never want him to be without his father but you know in splitting you lose fifty percent of your time right yeah that's right so you don't you don't. But, and so that's something, as you're saying, like, you got to kind of focus on the, the, those hurts are going to be there, work through them now. Yeah. And they're still there. Like there's, I mean, we have a good relationship now. My, my ex and I can spend holidays together Mm -hmm. and have dinners with all the kids and we're friends and we know what's happening in each other's lives, but it's still so hard to just talk about some of this stuff. Right. And not because I haven't processed it, because I think I have to a great extent at this point, but just because like some of that shit just hurts in a big way for a good chunk of your life. We were talking uh, the other episode where your son was saying he was he didn't like the family portrait, yeah, because he it upset him because he missed that unit being together, yeah, and so. Those things last. You yeah, know? For, for sure they do. And like even just as recently as last night, we all gathered at my son's dad's house because his sister um, had a theatrical presentation that was on YouTube that we all wanted to watch with her. And so we hung out as a family. We had dinner and we just played some games afterwards. And then yeah. when it was time for him to go to bed, he had a complete meltdown because he didn't want me to leave. Mm. I'm going to miss you. Why can't you just stay here? Just like, and it's still hard. Like, so that's what, yeah, you're going to have those feelings. And so yeah. how, did he mention how old his daughter was? He said she was young. He didn't she say how old. So that's something, but uh, like it, to get it, like these are, <laughs> this is, <laughs> it feels very heavy. It feels very sad, but he has to work through these ideas and come to grips with them so that they're not like 
he doesn't carry them every single day. Yeah, for sure. You and know, you, you don't. Like you're going to have moments of that. For sure. And like, I think holidays are really difficult. We're mm-hmm. coming up on the holiday season right now. And I think there's so much room for nostalgia because that's like some of the times when we create the best memories when we are a family unit. But something that I know is true is I understand why a lot of people stay together to keep the kids under one roof. Yeah. But I think in staying together in relationships that are ultimately not healthy for us, we don't really allow ourselves the opportunity to be the kinds of parents that we probably want to be. Yeah, and and like you say, kids are going to pick up on you, you know, not maybe dealing with things correctly or yeah. attitudes towards your ex, etc. Well, if you're with your, that partner, they're going to pick up on that, you know, yeah. uneasiness. And th- that's, the tension, they're going to the have fighting. that tension. Oh my goodness, that stress. Yeah. And they're going to grow up with that. And that's probably probably <laughs> not going to inform their relationships very well as far as finding a healthy partner for them, yeah. as far as an example goes. But, uh, okay, so I think we've given him, like, deal with the fallout. Yeah, deal with the fallout. Focus on your own healing. Yeah. As but make, as make got... it like multi-leveled. Start a meditation practice, f- get into better physical health, work on your emotional and mental health. Just really focus on you. Try not to fall into like that victim place because that can be really hard too mm-hmm. where you really kind of wallow in the, why did this happen to me? It, it, allow yourself a little bit of time there, but don't stay in that place because again, this is what creates a lot of animosity between co-parents moving forward. Right. Just try to let go. This is where you are now. It might, maybe it sucks. Maybe you're going to find it's the best thing, you know, because sometimes, I mean, there's a positive uptick. Being in that thing probably wasn't the right thing. Mm-hmm. So now you can move forward and reimagine and reinvent. Yep. So those are positive ways of looking at it as well. Totally. Okay. Question number two. I'll try not to cry with this one. <laughs> you, you just started. I'm starting online dating. <laughs> Hey guys, love the podcast. Oh, that's nice. I have a more philosophical question, I guess. I like it. Do you think that great sex can make you fall in love with someone? Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> it's funny. What a joke. What a stupid question. Is that what you're Aren't you you're supposed to wait till you're in love with someone to have sex with them? Yeah. Just kidding. Come on. You've got <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> can you Cat, say it with a straight face? It can be a good idea. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I would say, uh, the answer is no. I would say that I've definitely been confused into believing I have some sort of karmic cosmic connection with someone because I've had great sex with them. But one thing I'm realizing, Joel, Mm -hmm. is that what I experience during sex is not the same as what other people are experiencing during sex. Like other women or the person you're with? Other humans, the person I'm with. How do you mean? I think I'm like a conduit of like pure universal energy (laughs) when I'm having sex. And I don't know that everyone else is on board with that. So sex is like this, I'm going to say heavenly, but spiritual experience for you. It can be. The other person's just thrusting inside a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope it's a little bit better than that for them. But I just don't know that everyone... They're like, boy, I'm really turning this woman's crank. But they have, they're, they're just like, it feels nice. Yeah. It can be extremely euphoric for me, like, and transcendental in some ways. And I don't think that that's the case for all of my partners. It would be very cool to find a partner who would also like to find that space in sex. Yeah, I think that that's 
that's compatibility. And by what you're describing, even so briefly, it sounds, uh, yeah, like it might be difficult to find somebody who gives themselves over to that kind of um, experience and isn't as much just focus on, you know, okay, this feels nice and what am I doing logistically here <laughs> for this person? The logistics or with of this it all. Person. The dynamics and mechanics. Okay, I need this leg to be moved now, dear. Thank you. Sorry, I can't. I'm in a, another universe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's legit like rainbows are shining out of my pussy sometimes. That's how that feels for me. So I don't... You're know. blessed. That's what that is. You're <laughs> blessed. That that's the way everyone should experience sexuality. Oh, uh, I had this crazy dream once. Oh, should I say this? I think I have to now. Um, okay. So I have a pretty intense spinal curvature. I have scoliosis and my mm-hmm. spine is an S shape in like two different places. And I had a dream once that this presence from the universe came and told me that because of the way my spinal column was shaped, I had a different neural pathway. And it <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> and it blessed me with this incredible ability to orgasm. <laughs> That's a real dream. You're I the only one that can orgasm, Kat. <laughs> no, like the way yeah, I can. You're doing S <laughs> orgasms. I have scoliosis enhanced cosmic orgasms. Your, your orgasms are going to be sensational, <laughs> which is why you have two S's in your spine. That's right. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't believe I said that out loud, but there you have it. How red am I right now? Great sex has made me fall in love with myself. I think that... <laughs> there you go. I love myself more and more every time I fuck somebody and myself. Um, That's not wrong, actually, as I say that out loud. But this is the thing, Kat. You have uh, attested to having sex and not being able to separate the emotional aspect to the physical aspect. And... And getting feeling very connected to a person because of the sex. As it turns out, I think I can manage that. Well, you're saying that now, <laughs> probably because you're actively, <laughs> intentionally managing it. There's that word again. <laughs> you're you're taking that it's the intention. But I will say that um, I don't believe that great sex will lead to love. Uh, but I will say that sex for both genders. Like if you have enough sex with somebody and you're comfortable with them and blah, 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 you are going to feel connected to them. Yeah. Are you going to fall in love with them? Probably not. But you're going to certainly forge, form, a connection will be forged, formed, whatever. You will, <laughs> you will be connected to that person. And number You will F your way into yeah, a connection. <laughs> it'll have to happen. But then number two, let's define great sex because isn't the greatest sex something that occurs when love is present? Well, certainly with more intimacy and knowledge of each other, the sex gets better for sure because you get better at communicating and less inhibited and more but aware. Does that, does that require love? or Not necessarily. Not really, eh? No. And I also will say that I've been like crazy about a person and the sex has been mediocre. Yeah, I have loved someone deeply and felt like I was the only one in the room while having <laughs> sex. So yeah, we've all been there, yeah, Kat. Yeah, it's on the uh, on the other hand, of I've been like, yeah, I would never properly date this person or be with them forever, and we just like bone, like like the the sex is fantastic, like mm-hmm. just very expressive. You know, if you had asked me this question a year ago, I probably would have said yes. That sex will lead to love. Yeah, 
but now you're starting to turn that corner. I think what's happened is that I've realized that my ability to experience the energy that I feel in sex is my ability mm. <laughs> to experience the energy I feel in sex. No one's giving that to me. So therefore, like, it's not because they are my soulmate. It's because I have a blessed S-shaped spine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you're, that's, that's like, I've, I'm feeling a little bit jealous because like, I've, I, like, I feel like it, it, but then we got to explore this because. <laughs> Wait, back up. <laughs> what do you mean? I not personally. <laughs> I feel like um, you do really need two parties to. Uh, I mean, unless you're masturbating, but when you're having sex, both people really need to be somewhat present and active in the experience. Yes, for sure. And. Because I've certainly had experiences where it's like you don't care at all about what's happening right now. Oh, yeah. No, if if I was with a lover who was unskilled and inattentive, yeah. I don't think it would be the cosmic experience right. that I can have. Yeah. And there are other factors in here just bes- beyond the connecting of two people. So, like, I have to be in the right state of mind. I have to be really relaxed. Mm-hmm. You um, have to be on your period. Isn't that true? <laughs> <laughs> No, not it's always period sex. That's the best sex. Yeah, Kat's like I can't appre- I can't enjoy sex if I'm not bleeding. Thanks. <laughs> it's got to look like Carrie at the prom, <laughs> or I ain't down. Um, no, uh, for me, I think yeah, engagement is super important. Mm. But I think again, like I am taking their energy in a way that maybe they are not. You're oh, multiplying it. Yeah. Maybe, and you're, yeah. Yeah, and I can hear you rolling your eyes at no, me. No, I'm. I'm what the way I. I'm just like thinking about my experiences and going, I don't think, because I am somebody that's, that's attentive and, and present and I, I want to create uh, moments and experiences that go beyond just like D the mechanics. and a V, yep. you know? Yep. Why did I say D? It's a P in a V. It, maybe it's a, a D. D and a P. Like a yeah. dick and a pussy. Like what are, if you're using the slang, dick and pussy or penis and vagina. Yeah, like let's why? call it P and V because that always makes me somehow think of PB and J, which is a sweet, <laughs> sweet memory of Delicious P and V. Delicious um, But if you're with somebody who's just kind of like indifferent or they're, they're you know, they're like, okay, you want, you, I want you to get off so you use my body and enjoy my body, but I'm just kind of here for you. Uh, I can't, I can't do anything with that. I don't like Like, that either. I can't mold that or I can't make that anything. It has to be someone who's actively present. Even if they're not physically like moving around or doing that much, they have to be like excited, excited and enjoying it. And so I think it's different for probably by and large men and women, because as we've, discussed previously women typically want to be subs the subs Mm -hmm. and men are typically dominant and so you really women are receiving that energy and for you yeah you're multiplying it that's fantastic like what a gift to the guy (laughs) if he can appreciate that (laughs) i think for me like I'm going to be in real trouble when I find someone who completely grasps what's happening without me having to get into a lengthy explanation and then also knows what to do with it. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a game-changing moment. Sex is like, I've had those experiences where you do kind of unlock a person's, like what gets them. Yeah. And that's really fun. And really that makes sex so much better because you're like, 
oh, I know what I can do. And I can think of creative ideas in order to really like escalate things for this person. And it's really doing it for them. But of course you gain a lot from that as well. Like it's what makes the experience wonderful. Um, So yeah, if you find that person that's like, okay, this is what Kat likes. This is what she needs. This is okay. If I, if I play off of this idea, she's going to lose her mind. Yep. So if you're listening, (laughs) listen to what Joel said and also watch at least three YouTube videos on the polarity of the masculine and the feminine when it comes to sex. Thank you. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) A good day. Have we, what is the question? Can people fall in love with So we're, we're basically saying, uh, no, but no, but we love great sex. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But great sex is good. And uh, if you're in love, you potentially could have better I sex. definitely think it's worth testing this question. Can you fall in love? Go out, give it your all, see what happens. Ugh. <clears throat> question number three. Yeah. This episode's getting me in a state. Um, <laughs> Another tizzy. I went from crying to like feeling euphoric. Crying from your vagina? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Joel and Kat. Yeah. I know you've answered lots of questions about when to have the talk about making a relationship more serious, but at what point should you be clear that you really want to keep things casual and exclusive for now? Mm. I'm seeing someone I met offline, so I didn't have the benefit of making my relationship goals very clear in a profile. How can I be clear without making assumptions? We've already slept together. Not sure if that's relevant. All right. So, well, I mean, this is... uh uh, can't you just say that kind of thing? Yeah, but when do you say it? Because uh, if you meet someone online, you know that they're no, either I know, looking but for... the thing is about um, online that I took umbrage with with this question <laughs> was the idea that how do you, you know what you want? Are you, you're you're all already putting? Oh, I want this relationship, or I want something casual. And I know people do that and they they all like, I have never been somebody that wants to, you know, put out there, this is what I want because I've always been sort of open to just like, come what may, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Emphasis on the come. <laughs> <laughs> come hard what may, you know, um, but it could be this you know, as a casual thing, it could be that I like really like somebody and I want to give it a serious go, you know. Um, but I don't want to like introduce myself as like the, I am looking for a relationship because it might come down to like, well, but not with you. So so I always go like I'm open to things that could happen with somebody, different okay. styles of connection. So anyway, but this person is under the impression that everyone is online is just going, I want something casual or I want a relationship, yeah. which I don't think is that simple. Um, but okay, so you, you've met somebody at a coffee shop, you've started hanging out, and you uh, slept together, but you don't want to be in a committed relationship. And as I've said all the other times when we've talked about the flip side of this, which is I want to be in a relationship or how do I make sure that they want to be in a relationship? Yeah. When do I say I love them and blah, blah, blah. You just have to express yourself. Yeah. There's no, there's re- no right time. There's no worry of assumption. You're not assuming anything by saying, Hey, um, I, I, I love spending time with you. I love the sex we're having. I think it's fantastic. And I want this to continue. And, and I only want to have sex with you. 
Um, I, I don't see a long-term thing happening here, you know, but like what's happening right now is fantastic. Let's enjoy cuffing season, you know, let's, but yeah, so I wouldn't worry about, um, and, and you might blindside them, right? Right. It might be a thing where they go, um, what, what? I thought we were working towards something serious. And then it's like, no, I, I, well, I, I, it just feels like it's not for me, not the type of fit that's going to be a long-term thing. Um, but by all means, we can stop sleeping together. If you're not going to be able to handle just a casual thing, then let's stop. Can you say that? Can you say like, this is not the type of thing I see long-term? Is that like hurtful? It may be a little bit hurtful, but it's honest. Yeah. Like, you, I just, and people love to use the thing like, um, I'm not ready for something, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, but I, I think that's a little slightly dishonest because that puts the person in this, or maybe not dishonest, but it per- puts the other person, well, this is what goes on in their head. I in Oh, I time, just have to hold out. Yeah. Yeah. I have hope because... When they're ready for a long-term thing, I will be here. It's going to happen. I'll be first in line. But what you're probably, most of the time, people are really saying is, I don't see that with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. And that's when people go, man, it's so upsetting. I was sleeping with them for two years. And then they got married. And as soon as <laughs> we stopped person. sleeping together, they, they married this other person. That's because they never had any interest in you long-term. So then it begs the question, and I know this is not a popular sentiment, but why bother sleeping with someone in the first place? Why not just hold out for someone that you could invest in more? Because the could invest in mores are fucking hard to find. Mm-hmm. And we all want to orgasm. Sex. Yeah. So, and this is where I think that, like, I, it's cultural. People don't necessarily think of things this way. But, like, finding somebody to have fantastic sex with, ha- finding someone to have sex with is easy. Finding someone to have great sex with is a little bit more difficult. But it's not that difficult. Finding somebody that you really, really, really like and want to have sex with is pretty difficult. Finding someone that like you are in love with and want to spend the rest of your life with, that's almost impossible. <laughs> so it's like if you can find tier two, which is somebody that you can have good sex with, enjoy that. Enjoy that while you can. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are hanging out in tier one, which is like, let me get laid. Right. Let's meet someone and fuck. And then we don't talk again. And that, and they're not having good sex. No, I am not a tier one person. Yeah, they're just, just having sex. And it's like, that's fine. But you're not having good sex. Then tier two of like, hey, I found someone that I really, we have great sex. Like that's, okay, good. You found someone. Don't let that go so easy. Yeah. Just enjoy it. And girls, how many times have I heard that if I wanted to find someone to have sex with, I could, it'd be so easy for me. I could walk down the street and go, you fuck me. And any any guy would say, go ahead. That's true. But find someone you can have good sex with. Yes. Yeah. If you're going to do that. It's not that easy. Make sure the sex is good and that you enjoy their company. Yeah. And then that's, that's tier three where it's just like, actually, let's watch a movie together. Let's, let's have a meal together. Let's laugh together and have great sex together. Mm -hmm. We're really good friends and we're having great sex. While we're in the realm of hypotheticals, if you're in a tier three and the other person, like, you know, there are lifestyle incompatibilities. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's subject to like the time in 
their life right mm-hmm. now. What do you do with that? Well, you can't tell the future, Kat. So you have to, you have to like live. And I feel like part of this question is this idea that, you know, what we've talked about with you, where you end up attaching to the idea of someone mm-hmm. and the idea of maybe their potential. <laughs> yeah, people don't do that. You can't do don't that. do that. You can't do that because that potential may never come to fruition. Also, if you like even for a second express that and the other person does start to shift their life because mm. of you, like that's a wrong bad situation yeah. too. So you kind of have to live in truly live in the now with right. the person and go, "All right, what is this compatibility? Or uh, we don't have lifestyle compatibility. I I'm going to have to treat this like a sex friend situation. Mm-hmm. If things change in the future, they change." You know, and oftentimes the other person, without you asking for it or mentioning it because they understand your lifestyle, they will maybe start adjusting and changing for you, which is also, you have to be aware of that and go, yeah, but this is not honest. You're not changing your philosophy. You're not changing your life. You're just adjusting your lifestyle to suit me to hopefully turn this into something more. Right. And then what you'll notice if you, you know, end that relationship they'll go right back to their Their previous situation i'm so baffled by the sex friend notion because that is something i truly have never done with any success so when people send us questions saying like this is what you're trying this is this is the winter experiment (laughs) yeah the winter experiment is to see if i can develop a sex friendship i guess yeah (laughs) it's you're trying to cut that's one way to have that conversation (laughs) can you listen to episode 53 I hate that. That's the worst thing in the world. Like, I'm just doing this for my podcast. This is research for a book. It's like, so I'm not a person. Oh, my God. I'm an anecdote. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, No, but I know so many people who've had, like, these successful encounters with people on a casual basis, and I just don't understand how it works. Like, I don't – I think I'm an overthinker for sure. You you have to really – like, the way I think of it is categories – you have to categorize a person and leave it. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Tell you, me you more. Go, you go like, oh, like, let's say you meet someone uh, and you're like, boy, the, like this person, I, I enjoy them to a certain extent. But like, I cannot stand the tone of their voice. Like, they're, they're just, there's something weird in that, their voice. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. This is fascinating for me, by the way. Um, I, when you, are there a list of things that are a hard no before you will even like spend time with someone? Even if you know you don't want a relationship with them, are there certain things on the list that are absolutely a no? Yeah, like for me, uh, an easy one would be uh, like regular pot use. Right. Like for as far as like any kind of sexual encounter. Like, I'm not interested in even entertaining somebody who regularly smokes weed. Like, right. that's part of their... Because like, I'm going to smell it. Yeah. Or cigarettes. Yeah. Like, I don't want that... I, I just... It'll bother me. My it'll I'll have to smell it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's even, like, a no-go for a sex friend. What about alcohol? Because I know you don't drink. Alcohol for a casual, like sex friend type of thing isn't as uh serious but i don't want them drinking when i'm around like with me right like if you if, if you want to bring over a bottle of wine yeah like, like that's oh. <laughs> if they if they come over and they're drinking i'm not gonna kiss them 
Like, I don't want to smell that. Interesting. I'm okay. very, is scent, scent, the sense for me. Mm-hmm. I'm very sensual. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so those are types of things that... So should people just have this list of like, they know it's a hard no and... Yeah, I mean, they, I think that you should, yeah. But the, but the thing is that if you philosophically, like, let's say the voice thing wasn't a good example. Let's say philosophically, like you would, you are a vegan Mm -hmm. and you don't think people should eat meat. Yeah, you're not going to... If you right. meet somebody that's like really hot and like you know you enjoy them, but they love burgers, you might be like, "Yeah, I can fuck them." Burn. Not right after they eat ate a burger, <laughs> but if they'll respect that, I'll I can have sex with them. I can enjoy them. But I know philosophically, I'm going to meet a vegan, and we're going to have a vegan relationship because I believe in that philosophically. But this person is now categorized as someone that I can enjoy but I know we'll never go further because we are philosophically very different. Right. So if you have those and, and it, and I think when it comes to lifestyle choices, I don't know, veganism, I'm sure it can fall into that category. I'm not a vegan, so I don't feel that strongly about it, but I'm sure some do. But when it comes to like drugs and alcohol and things like that, that's huge. Those are huge. And I'm a single mom, so like I'm looking at people's lifestyles from yeah. a very critical perspective. And like I do occasionally drink alcohol. I do occasionally use marijuana, but I'm not like an everyday chronic. Like I'm not waking up and doing bong. So if you find somebody <laughs> so. that's like that, you go, okay. So this is going to be in my home. This is going to be something that I'm going to have to interact with on a regular basis. I'm going to have to work around this person's pot habit. Yeah, there's like, I can't even consider that seriously. Yeah, do I want to sleep with them before they've smoked weed in the evening or after? <laughs> like, what's well, the better? Well, actually, weed-induced sex is pretty fantastic. So yeah, that's... so like, I don't know, you know. I... <laughs> but, but smoking, like, I could not date a smoker. I couldn't even casually date a smoker because yeah. I can't stand that. Yeah, you, that's That's just nuts. like, it's yeah. totally gross to me. Okay, here's a, another scenario, and then we can probably move on from this because I feel like we've beaten it into the ground. But well, this is the last question, so we've got the time. All right, good. Um, in this climate right now, economically speaking, I'm coming up on a lot of people who are like kind of, you know, they're in transitions from relationships that have like been sacrificed at the altar of COVID mm-hmm. and they don't, they're like living with a friend or living with their brother or like back home with their parents because their parents needed some extra support or whatever. Um, and like, what do you do when people's lives are in transition like that? Is it the same kind of scenario? You're like kind of enjoying it from a casual surface level and waiting to see how it all shakes out? Like... Well, I, I don't understand the question. Like, because they're in transition, how do you... Like, is that, a, is that one of those criteria that you're considering when oh, you're so categorizing you're like, their Oh, so if you live at home with your parents, I couldn't date someone like that. Is that what you're saying? Well, for example, in my personal situation, like, I don't feel super comfortable bringing right, right, people right, right, to right, right. my home right now because right. I have a roommate and our walls yeah, are I think super that, thin. Like, and if, it, it, it's not as much the uh, the living situation the way it currently is now it's more of like who the person is philosophically what are they working towards yeah so you're like well i love being independent i love living on my own yeah i you know have for a lot of my life yeah now with covid and stuff i was in the you know in a bit of a lurch yeah and thank goodness my friend came alongside and helped me and now i have a place um it's not forever yeah but it is something that I'm appreciating right now and, and and 
So that's where I am this moment. <laughs> I'm earning just enough to pay for my half of a fantastic Airbnb situation. <laughs> but if somebody comes along and is like, I live with my mom and I've lived with her for the my 30 years of my life and I still live with her and I'm staying there and that's it. Um, I have no intention to move out until maybe I get married, but she lets me fuck in the basement. Oh my God. You might go, oh. I think that would be in the cigarette smoking category for me. <laughs> I feel like that's the Norman Bates category. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So like, I still have no idea how to navigate any of this. But... You, you You basically have to just look at what your values are. But both me and or this listener who has sent in this question know that you have to present your intentions or at least where you're at up front as soon as possible. Yeah, and and again, the whole assuming thing, part of that question where like, I don't want to assume, well, you're not assuming anything if you just say what you're feeling. Yeah. They might be like, oh yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Exactly. They might be saying that with tears in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, like you're in your truth and that's yeah. important to share. Yeah. All right. Like I don't know what you how you what you think about this relationship thing, but this is how I'm thinking it's going to go. So, eh, I don't know if it, like there's been times in my life where I've said, "You might want to stop sleeping with me." Because it might, you might like me more than I like you, type of thing. Oh like my it, god! If someone ever said that to me, I'd be like, "You're right. I am going to stop sleeping with you." Yeah. Well, I don't know if you say you're gonna like, but you that idea is there where it's like, if you can't sleep with me, like Kat, you've had that, you kind of profess to that that you can't sleep with me <laughs> without falling in love with me. Well, it's because I'm already in love with you, Joel. That's the reason. So. But you get atta- you you said i got i get attached when i sleep with people if you were that type of person and not trying this new thing <laughs> and we slept together and i'd be like well listen i don't see anything more than just enjoyable sex so you might want to stop this before yeah. you get before it, it gets get out of hurt. hand for you yeah. cuz it's not going to change for me type of thing yeah and you don't want to fall and find yourself in a situation where you happen upon me like measuring windows for curtains in your yeah. house and stuff yeah and so. I, wait what? but i just told you we um yeah uh i think i'm going to also add does not have a podcast with me into my <laughs> criteria what <laughs> um well that's fair no smoking no perpetually living with your mother and does not have a podcast does not with currently me. have a podcast all right well that's our show um if you have any questions where your life is falling apart because of relationships, uh, send them our way. (laughs) And if you enjoyed listening to this episode, we would love it if you could give us a rating and even a couple of moments of your time to write a review. And please share this with your friends. We would love some sharing. We love sharing. (laughs) I'm getting better at it every day. Sharing is caring. But uh, yeah. Uh, send your questions uh, t- serious and silly and um, sexy and sensational to I do and I don't show at gmail.com or Facebook or whatever at I do uh, Instagram at I do and I don't show follow us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash I do and I don't show and, and we always post when the new episodes up every Monday um, it's been wonderful and we'll see you next Monday and the last thing that I have to say is Hey, make sure you get your, that fiber in your diet.